Hello and welcome to Killing It the Crimecast. I'm Lux. And I'm Meg. And Meg has some housekeeping for us, don't ya? Yeah, first time housekeeping. So, thank you very much to our new patrons. We've got Emily Locke, Gary Dugdale and Joey Yu. Big thank you to you guys. It's really nice of you to support us. And then very, very nice. we also have um, one really lovely iTunes review that was edited um, where you've given it five stars before the big change up. So that's a uh, big thanks to Void McGee. Said some really nice things about me. So thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I have a little bit of housekeeping as well. As you might have seen from our Instagram, I um, am sending out stickers from the old pod art. And I would really appreciate it if you wanted some of those stickers and let me know and gave me your address. Because not to be bitter, but I don't want to hang on to them because it is a very (laughs) harsh reminder of the fact that I am now single and I'm no longer with the other person that is illustrated in that sticker. So um, (laughs) please take them off my hands because otherwise they're going in the bin. And I hate doing that. It feels like such a waste. I was talking to my dad about um, we're doing a clear out. And I was saying, oh, what if the charity shops don't want the stuff that we have? And he was like, oh, we'll just take it to the dump. And I, I I just can't allow it. It's just a waste. I can't do it. I can't throw things away. So please, please take my stickers. Yeah, they're for free. Just do it. Yeah, literally free. I'm paying postage. You don't have to do anything. Like, literally just give me your address so I can get rid of them. Thank you. Good. Um, <laughs> good. I'm fine, everyone. I'm fine. <laughs> We're going to get through this, mate. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it is my turn to go first this week. Yep. But before I begin... It's now the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash! Good, the Monster Mash. Right, so my Monster Mash is a cross between the giggling granny and Ali from American Horror Story Cult, which this is the third episode that we've talked about it, and I don't care. I'm still doing it. So that is my cross. Can you guess what it is? Right, so I don't know what the... First oh, one is, as far as I know, I'm. It's not ringing any bells, so I'm gonna have to get up on that. Giggling Granny. Giggling Granny. Her name is Nanny Doss, and it always makes me laugh because of um, <laughs> last podcast on the left when they do um, HH Holmes, and it's like I'm Nanny and I'm Minnie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Giggling Granny is just a grandma who's a murderer, and she's called Nanny, which is really funny. That sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can't make a guess on that, but Ali. That's the one played by the long hair. She's the long haired lesbian, right? Long hair lesbian. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, the other one's Ivy. Okay. S- sneaky poisoner. Mm. So it's a lady who a, a lady who poisons other people and is a granny. Yeah, pretty much. And is a granny. <laughs> pretty, yeah, old. pretty much. Good. That's the cro- <laughs> that's the crossover. It's very original. I got poisoner, granny, mushed them together. The monster nice. mash. Okay. <laughs> Good job. So her name is Velma Barfield. And she's born on the 29th of October, 1932. Now, she was born in South Carolina, but she grew up in North Carolina, and that's where the rest of this is set. She had an abusive and alcoholic father, and I couldn't actually find much more about her childhood other than it was unhappy because of her dad being a dick. But Sounds about fair, to be honest. Yeah, I really couldn't find much, much more on that. But she married Thomas Burke in 1949 when she was 17. And it, one of my sources did say that it was probably just to escape her dad. Like, I know that it was... Fair, mate. I'd, I'd marry a man to get out that. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so these two had two kids and they seemed happy. But then Velma 
changed. She had a hysterectomy and this led to back problems. And so she started taking prescription drugs. Oh no. Yeah, this is where it goes wrong. She's finally escaped this asshole of a dad. She's starting a new life and then she gets addicted to prescription drugs and everything just goes to shit. And she stops, she can't afford them after a certain point. And so she starts forging checks out of her mum's checkbook so that she can pay for her drugs. It was a really bad idea, yeah. (laughs) Like that's not going to catch up to you. That's terrible. I know. Yeah, Um, but that's addiction. Don't do drugs, kids. I know. Yeah, don't do drugs. Not the prescription ones, at least. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, do the the others. They're so fun. (laughs) So her her husband um, becomes a drunk, and so she's a painkiller addict, and he's a drunk, and they're arguing lots. Right. Then on the 4th of April, 1969, her husband passes out, and when Velma finds him passed out, she takes this opportunity to leave with the two kids because it's not a good. good relationship. Do it. Now, while they're gone, the house burns down with Burke inside. Oh, go on. Apparently, he'd been smoking in bed and had fallen asleep and his cigarette is what started the fire. Right. I mean, quite. I imagine that's quite common. There used to be adverts about that. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Back in the day. So a few months later, Velma had her own place but this burned down as well. And guess who got the okay. insurance money? Okay. Velma. Yeah. Yeah, yes, probably. yes, yes. So in 1970, she marries Jennings Barfield. By the way, the names in this case are all excellent. Velma, Jennings, Burke. Wait, what's Burke's first name? Thomas. Pretty cool not names. that great. But oh, they I'm get cooler. They get cooler as we go. She marries this new guy, and then on the 22nd of March in 1971, he dies from, quote, heart complications. Right. We'll get back to that later. It's not heart complications. I didn't Big think spoiler. it was. No. <laughs> spoiler alert, it's murder on the murder podcast. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Just Hold give me on. a minute. I need to get my head screwed on. This is What? <laughs> Okay, so then 1974, her mum gets super ill. Remember how she was forging checks about her mum? Oh, yeah. Not about her mum, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 from her mum. So she gets super ill and she is spewing from both ends, to put it delicately. Nice. Her mum gets better eventually, but then she gets ill again in December of the same year with the same symptoms. Okay. And on the 30th of December, she dies in hospital. Now, you know how you said it was going to come back to bite her in the ass? This, you know, you don't get away with the check fraud? Things usually do. Yeah. She did not get away with the Good. check fraud. It did bite her in the ass. She gets done for it, oh. and in 1975, she spends a short time in jail. Right. I'm not sure how long the time was, but it was 2 years later when she got a job. So I'm guessing she spent any time between like a month and two years. I don't really know. But in any case, she, she does some time and then she gets a job as a carer for an elderly man. Fair. So she's like a, a live-in nurse type thing. Very classic for your poisoning types. Yeah, it is actually. I was literally looking at a case. I was going to do a case on that earlier. Good thing I didn't. Yeah, it would have been a very mundane episode. Just that, you know, so then they did the <laughs> poisoning and then, oh, your one does the poisoning. Oh, the poisoning. Oh, we'll just do mine then, shall we? <laughs> so, oh, my foot's gone dead. So, blah, blah, blah. Yes, so this elderly man is named Montgomery Edwards. Again, Mont- 
Montgomery Edwards and his wife That's is called a, I like Dolly. Montgomery as a name. Montgomery. I love That's it. That's a great name. Isn't it? So, Cute. yeah, he he um he dies, though, on the 29th of January, 1977. <laughs> what a surprise. That's not as cute. No, not as cute. Yeah, right. And Dolly follows suit on the 1st of March after the, of the same year after she exhibits the same symptoms that Montgomery had. Right. Velma doesn't let this stop her, though, and she moves right on to another care job. No messing about. Looking after Record Lee. That's a cool name. Right. Ooh. So this is an elderly woman who has a broken leg. In 1977, Record's husband died after, you guessed it, exhibiting the same symptoms as all the others. And nobody, nobody seems to care about this. They're just, they're just like, oh. oh, what a coincidence. Well, I watched these two short documentaries on YouTube. And in both of them, they were like, oh, everyone thought that Velma was so unlucky to have no. two husbands die and her mum die. And then everyone she's caring for is dying. Oh, that poor woman. Oh, it sucks for her. So, yeah. Yeah, literally, they're just, because, I mean, she's looking after old people. So I think the thing, when you are a carer for an elderly person, the idea is always you're caring for them until the end of their life. Yeah. Because they're not going to ever get better. That's the, that's the thing. That's that. Yeah, like she's, th- th- this one had a broken leg, but after the leg healed, maybe she, you know, A, it's going to take longer to heal when you're, when you're elderly, and B, maybe there's going to be other issues that, that are gonna crop up so you're gonna need a helper further down the line anyway so i think people were just assuming that they were dying because that's what happens when you work in an industry where people people are cared for until they die i mean sure but it's not like it's a horse hospital where they break the leg and you just put them down like no (laughs) no um yeah no it is still suspicious especially because of all the symptoms being weird like you look after an elderly woman with a broken leg and then she starts vomiting and shitting herself and then she dies. Yeah, it's that's like, not right. That's probably, uh, I'd, I'd be suspicious, but, you know, that's just me. It's our job though, isn't it? And then you remember Dolly Edwards? Yeah. The husband of Montgomery. Well, she had a hunk of a nephew and Velma wanted a slice. Oh, yeah. So his name is Stuart Taylor and he became Velma's lover and they move in together. Cute. Not going to end up well, but good. Uh, no. <laughs> nope. Um, one day he finds a letter from an inmate, because remember she did time for the check fraud with her mum. Oh, yeah. And so apparently she made friends there. She she got a letter from an inmate and he was super mad at her <gasps> because Quick. she hadn't been honest. Tell, tell yeah. me it's like a, a lesbian lover that she had while she was in lady prison. No, I'm so oh, sorry. That it's sucks. not. That would be much more fun. She's a good Christian Southern lady. Oh, I'm not going near any bushes, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, it's it's just a mate. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> well, sorry I'm just saying because, queer bubble. because if locked up and Orange is the New Black have told me anything, it's that everyone's a lesbian in prison. Uh, Orange is the New Black is just destroying so many lives because it's getting so many expectations, you know, raised. And creating so it's many lesbians. I know, I know. It's just not true. If it were, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here. I've been prison Quick sidebar, if you were there, who would you date? If you were in the Orange is the New Black one, I know who I would. Do I have to pick one? Yes. Oh. Pick one. <laughs> oh. Go on, who would you date? You go first. It's going to be a tough one for I'd, me. I'd date Flacker. Okay. I, yeah. No, wait, not Flacker. What's Flacker's friend called? The hot one. I feel really bad They're saying both that. Hot. Flacker's also hot. Don't get me wrong. But the one who's like, who they call the hot one. Oh, the shorter one. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten her name. But she is hot. I get that. Oh, she's so fit. So yeah, that's who I would date. I'd date Daddy from this season. What? What do you mean, what? She's not fit though. Yeah, she is. Have you seen her Instagram? 
No, I've, I've only seen. Have you seen her in the, the scene show. on the on on the bed? No, you, uh, well, I've seen it all, mate. I've just not seen her Instagram. I don't think she's fit. Sorry. Also, I don't think right. Ruby Rose is that fit. That's right. I said it. No, I used to. No, I used to, and now I'm like, actually, no, because she was really rude to a waiter that time. Did you read that thing? No. She's a recovering alcoholic, and the waiter basically came over and was like, "Do you guys want any drinks? Our special today is some cocktail." And she was like, "Oh my goodness, how dare you do that!" And she also was pissed off that had to wait for a table. On... Yeah, literally, he doesn't know who you are. You minor fucking be be a celebrity. <laughs> and then also, <laughs> yeah, Ruby Rose, you heard, you heard. I'm coming for you. As if she listens to this podcast. Um, mm. <laughs> and she pretty much was pissed off. She had to wait for a table on a fucking Saturday night. And started like throwing, because they bring around free bread and shit, don't they, on the table. She was throwing all yeah. her food that she'd ordered at the fucking waiters, like around the like restaurant. Like a literal toddler a tantrum. What yeah, like a child, because that's what she is. A literal child. She's fit, wow. but no, not, no, no, not a fan anymore. No, I don't fuck with that. And also, <laughs> she was supposed to come to Brighton Pride a uh, year and a half ago, and uh, she didn't fucking bother to turn up. She so, didn't bother. Also got, I've got a real vendetta with Ruby Rose. Don't get me started on this. I, I would also, if I showed up to a Pride and I was expecting a lesbian icon to be there and she wasn't, I would have some beef. Yeah. So we all, I don't we blame all did. you, mate. Luckily, I didn't buy tickets because <laughs> it was a shit club anyway. But, you know, six to one. We, we all did. <laughs> like, you, you and all the other lesbians <laughs> in the world. Just all the speaking. LGBT community. <laughs> yeah. Just all sat there together <laughs> at our weekly meetings. Um, so to get more Christian with this, um, good. After she found, after he found the note, he gets mad. Whatever, he threatens to expose her. They patch things up. Yeah. And then in 1978, she and Stuart go to a religious concert. Ooh, oh, I love that date How night. Fun. Date night. Let's go praise the Lord together. I mean, oh sure. If, they, if that's your jam, do it. It's just funny because of who she is, right? Um, and he actually gets ill at the concert, so they have to go home. Okay. And then three days later, he dies. Damn! No more Christian concerts for you, mate. I know. At least he got one in before yeah. it, before the end. Went out on a bang. Squeeze, squeeze the last one. In. <laughs> squeeze <Last> it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, relatives actually found it weird that he died of digestive problems when this was the first they'd heard about him having any sort of issue in that area. Of course. So finally, people start looking into it. A prosecutor actually started looking into it. He goes through all the death certificates of the people Velma had been a private nurse for. Right. And they all died from gastroenteritis. Now, I don't want to know what that is. I don't care that I'm not a science boy. And that (laughs) gastro just means belly stuff, right? Yes, it does. They all die of belly stuff. Mm. Right. Um, So that's suspicious, right? A, it's suspicious that they all die of the same thing. And B, it's suspicious because it's belly stuff. And yeah. you know what? If someone's feeding you every day, they can pretty easily mess with your belly stuff. Obviously. And then he, uh, there's an autopsy done of Stuart and it showed arsenic. So, you know, she's pretty much fucked at this point. Oh. She's, she's, she's been exposed. And she ends up confessing to her son that she killed Stuart. And in this this one documentary, he said to her, like, he said that he asked her, like, oh, did you have anything to do with that? I'm not saying you did. I just want to double check. And she's like, no, I didn't. Mm-mm. And then, like, <sighs> two days later, she's like, okay, so you know how I said oh I didn't do God. it? Well, <laughs> well, I did. She's a dick. <laughs> I know. So he turns her in. Like, good job. Good boy. No, good on That's, him. You don't often hear of a relative finding out something that shady and then turning them in. So, And his own mum as well. So, like, good boy. She said, wait, so she just came out and was like, by the way, I did it out of nowhere. 
Pretty much, yeah. So he like uh, guilt. He, he asks her. She doesn't say anything. She says no. And then a few days later, she just like comes right out with it. She's like, yeah, I did. I think it's because she saw right, it okay. was closing in on her. And she was like, oh, shit. Well, actually, they're going to find out anyway because of all of this stuff that's yeah. coming out. Because everything else starts coming out at this point. So, so finally, at the end, she gets some common sense. Yeah. Would have fucking helped earlier on. She ends up confessing to all six of them. Shit. So the first husband who fell asleep with a lit cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. That didn't happen. Of course it bloody didn't. She lit him on fire. No. She set a fire and then left with the kids and then came back and was like, oh my, the house is burning. <gasps> my husband's dead. What? Kelsa, please. Oh my God. Yeah. That takes some balls. I, I mean, this is a ballsy lady, but she kind of pussies out towards the end, you know, with all the confessing and the Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, no, bitch, just own it. Just, just be do more it. of a, who's that one who had, who had a 22 and she's like a big name. In the Eileen Wuornos. Eileen Wuornos. That's it. She's she's the best. I fucking love her. I think just she's do it. So if that's what you are, mate, fucking own it. Just yeah, she's great. I really like her. So yeah, I wish Velma had just sort of been like, yeah, I did it, lol, <laughs> like, rather than just being like, <laughs> and run off and carried on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. She she gets. Mm, you'll see. So she killed her okay. own mother. Because she, the mum was getting suspicious about the check fraud. So she was like, all right, bye. Lobby See off you. then. And then she poisoned her second husband, but I couldn't find anything about why she did it. And it was probably just because of the drug stuff and probably finding out about the check. Just for a laugh. And then the people... For shits and <laughs> just, just for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but her defence was, for all these people, was that she didn't mean to kill them. Shut up. She... <laughs> She just wanted to buy time. Time for what? They would start finding out about the check fraud and she wanted to make them ill so that they wouldn't be thinking about the check fraud and they'd be like... You're joking. All of this is to cover up check fraud. Yeah, apparently. And then, so this is what I'm saying about her pussying out. She's there being like, oh, I just wanted to make them poorly so that whilst they were recovering, I could get the money back that I'd stolen from them and then put it back in their account and like, no one would know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, no. After no after the first person dies okay first of all she lit one of them on fire that's not buying time is it (laughs) no that's not especially they're asleep fair play for a week maybe you get away with it they run off done they run away no that's this is just that's just like bollocks like absolutely oh yeah i lit him on fire to buy some time Oh my god! I'm gonna do that next time someone asks me an awkward question at a party. Light him on fire and run away. Fuck's sake! So um. Yeah, after, but after her mum dies, if she was just trying to make her ill so that she could buy some time, surely after that one, she'd be like, I'll give the next one less so that they don't die, you know? Yeah, literally. Learn from your mistakes. So clearly, if, if you do it to five people and you lit one of them on fire, you actually do want them dead. Just a guess on my behalf, but you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so she was only charged with Stuart's murder because get this. It was the only murder she committed after North Carolina had reinstated the death penalty. Oh, so they wanted to charge her with that specifically so she could get killed, basically. Exactly. Because if she was if Fair she was charged with a bunch of them, then like it's a waste of state money to be like, okay, life in prison, life in prison, life in prison, life in prison. Oh, but also we're gonna kill oh, you. Shit. You know? So Yeah, there's no point. They're just gonna exactly. kill her. So no yeah. point. Okay, good. So she's guilty of first degree murder and she's sentenced to death. But Good. before well, no, but yeah. before she gets executed, she spent six years in a North Carolina woman's correctional facility on death row. 
Now I'm going to play you this clip and I'll remember to take my headphones out so you can actually hear what's happening. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> the people in the prison found that she was a really good counselor for disturbed young women. And they would often put the most disturbed young women in cells next to Velma, knowing that she would soothe them. Well, yeah, because if she's been through a lot of shit, she's going to be able to be like, yeah, mate, it's shit in it because she's done it. She's been there too. Fuck. So... That's where it gets a bit wobbly because she's like actually thriving and she's actually helping people. But then get this. <laughs> she's super creepy. Because Can you imagine? This woman has murdered six people and she's sat in her prison cell and she's reading the Bible diligently and knitting dolls for her grandkids. Can't you just imagine her in like a dingy room going like click, click, click with her needles and being like, these are from Reminds me of Red from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. <laughs> my grandbabies. My grandbabies are going to love these dolls. Well, she uh, knitting though, with though, like, surely there's there's stuff they're not allowed in prison. Maybe, maybe they were blunt- wool into pr- like Maybe they were, oh yeah. Maybe. Maybe because she was on death row and she was like on her own. It was like, what are you going to do? I'm just imagining these weird creepy dolls made out of her own hair or something. She sat there knitting <laughs> yeah. away in the corner muttering to herself. Ew. <laughs> um, so she requested clemency. And it was denied by the governor. Okay. And then after that, she didn't want to do any more appeals. She was like, nah, I've had enough, mate. Just, just kill me. Um, and she Fair play. It sounds like a lot of effort. Yeah. And she knew how it was going to go anyway. She knew they would just say no. Yeah. But apparently, it's a thing that you get to choose how you die. Yeah. It's fair enough when you think about it. I just never thought about it before. That's a good point, actually. So, yeah, she, she got to choose to die by um, lethal injection. Okay. And her last meal was Cheetos and a Coke. Good meal, mate. Fair. Fair play. And, okay, so this bit really fucked me off. Right. She kept saying, see you in heaven, to, like, all the guards and, like, her relatives and the people who were in prison with she's her. She's joking. No. So she's basically there saying, like, it's fine, I'm dying because I'm going to heaven. And I'm like, bitch. You murdered six people. Oh, you're you're in for a hell of a surprise, yeah. love. <laughs> a hell of a surprise. Oh, oh very punny. Hey. Um, nice. But literally, there are other ways to get money for drugs. Yeah, why don't you go steal stuff, you know? I'm not saying you should, but if, if that's what you're going to do, get. don't set people on fire and hope because, they're, <laughs> because you're worried they're going to notice that you fucking wrote a bad check. Literally, there are six, six, killing six people is not the best way to do it. So, you know what? No, it's not very fucking discreet, is it? No. What a fucking ding-dong. <laughs> ding-dong. Very nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, bitch, you are not going to heaven. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. Like, not. I don't believe in the afterlife necessarily, but if there was one, if there is one, she's, she's, no, no, no. Felt- no, the rules are very clear, you know? Yeah. You don't, you don't, don't do You that. don't steal. That's obvious. You don't murder. <laughs> And if heaven is real, <laughs> I'm sure it's full of people who don't set fire to other people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, so, don't quote me on that. I feel like that's specifically, that's a very hell thing, you know? Like, literally, <laughs> like, literally the is, point of hell. It is very much. Wow. Yeah. Um, she also says that she's a new person now and that she wouldn't do it again because now she's off the drugs. And now she knows she get caught. <laughs> but also... <laughs> now she knows she wasn't discreet. <laughs> now she knows how to do it and get away with it. Um, so, remember how she went to prison for check fraud? She would have come off the drugs when she was there anyway. Oh, yeah, you're but right. she went right back on them and right back to murdering. So, like, I don't know, Velma. 
you're off the drugs so what you're now not a murderess I don't think I think that's that's correct so November 2nd 1984 she is executed by lethal injection cool but this is where I feel kind of conflicted about her death sentence go on because it seems like she actually did turn her life around and her kids and grandkids really cared for her and I am only for the death penalty when executing the offender doesn't cause more harm to others. Sure. And so clearly people were harmed by her being taken out of existence because she's got family and she's got she's looking after the vulnerable women in prison. So have have a listen to this. Okay. She could have become a teacher, a counselor, a pastor. She could have spent her life doing good works instead of hurting people. Yeah, she could have done, but she decided to go off and murder fucking six people instead. So... Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think she's been put to death, but that's because I disagree with the death penalty anyway. Mm. Um, I think that, she, yeah, she could have done a lot of good if she was left alive in prison for... I mean, how old was she when she was incarcerated? She was... Let me do some maths. She was born in 32 and she was put to death. You know what? I need my phone for this. <laughs> She was 46 when she was incarcerated on, like, put on oh, death so she row. Wasn't, she, she was only a grandparent because her, her kids popped them out young. Okay, so she wasn't young, young, uh, old, old. Because I was going to say, if she's well old anyway, she's got like 10 years left. Fuck it. Just... Well, no, remember, she got she got married when she was 17 and started popping out kids immediately. Yeah, so, you know. you're right. Shit, yeah. It is, it is a shame. It's a real mm. shame. But also, it's, it's a shame that she decided to set someone on fire as a distraction. So... Yeah, like, I, I don't think she should have been executed, but she is kind of a piece of shit she is and kind i don't believe of any dick. of this bullshit she's saying no it is a dick move at the end of the day kind do you know of. what i mean like <laughs> yeah. yeah no that was it doing a murder though. kind of a dick that move. that was quite interesting it is literally like biggest dick move <laughs> good um i'm gonna get a diet coke oh, and then i've got one we'll have some adverts and then oh gel i'm Snap. i'm on my last swig so damn <laughs> so let's have a break and then when we come back who are you gonna do i'm gonna do jesse pomeroy <gasps> oh <gasps> what do you want to do the monster mash before the ad break so that during the ads everyone can be like oh my god who is that oh what did they do? yeah okay my monster mash huh? my monster mash is it's now the monster mash, the monster mash. just dharma just dharma just dharma it's is actually very very similar but it's got an interesting so twist. he is so have a little think while you listen to these okay okay i'll have a think too while i get grab my coat fun adverts kiddies all right do see it in a sec. see you soon right now i'm done complaining about having to put clothes on today and i've got my <laughs> diet coke shall we return let's my guess for this monster mash is that he's just a gay man who does murders of the boys and possibly some trying to make sex zombies although probably not exactly the same thing because that would could, could that happen again tell me meg could did it well we're about to find out actually the two reasons <laughs> i've written down for dharma were, were different things so that's interesting um okay yeah. so Oh, by the way, I've done. So, I've had to do like a, a vocal training workshop, and it's actually become like really useful for like thinking about podcast stuff as well. It's like oh. all about how like your your voice is really important, and if you ruin it, you can do damage forever. And you have to like do loads of activities. We had to sing Happy Birthday like we were drunk, and it was really fun. 
That does sound like fun. It was fun. Good. So today I am doing a person called Jesse Pomeroy. So just a couple of content warnings. It's uh, It involves child abuse of one child to another um, repeatedly throughout the whole thing. And then uh, it's also specifically relating to, relating to genitals. It's quite a lot of explicit descriptions of bodily harm, basically. So yeah, watch out for that. Okay. This guy was born in Boston in 1859. He was the second son of Ruth and Thomas Pomeroy. Um, and his dad, Thomas, was an alcoholic dock worker, right? Just a bit of an asshole mm-hmm. of a guy. Jesse himself was actually... Okay, so here's the thing. I found two conflicting things. One of them says he was intelligent. The other one says that he had some form of retardation. So, I mean, that's quite two very opposite things. Oh. I think he was probably quite intelligent from what they're saying. Um, why would they... Why would they be so conflicting? <laughs> You'd think yeah, they'd be... Um, huh. It was... a. Which website said that he was intelligent? It was like a, some sort of crime wiki. Like, you know how you can get like a wiki for each different hobby or whatever it is? So th- oh, that yeah, one yeah. said, yeah. It was Criminal Minds Wikia said that he was intelligent. And then a couple of different, I found one on Murderpedia that says that he was retarded. So who knows? Obviously, that's the term that they use. So it's not. Anyway, so he yeah, yeah. struggled with socializing because he was a big boy. He was really big for his age. And he was also. As epileptic. in like fat or tall? Just like hefty. Like. Like, like you've seen my little brother. He's a big boy. He's just fucking tall and yeah, he's taller than me. He's, he's way younger. He's a regular Ben Kissel. That's it. Yeah, literally. Mm. Shout out to my little brother, by the way, if you're, if you're listening. Thanks for playing hey. in, in, your, in your art classroom at school. That's such a terrible <laughs> idea. So he was epileptic. He had a cleft lip and a cloudy eye, a bit like a cataract. So he was, mm. you know, different than everyone else. He loved reading about um, the violence during the Indian Wars um, and he would often play scouts and Indians with other children. Like, obviously, talking about Native Americans there. And oh, he would. I hate that. I know, I know. And his way of playing was actually just reenacting violent torture methods that he'd read about. Not like, not what? like actually doing it, but he would like. Oh, okay. you know how Native Americans would scalp the, uh, like, uh, the Americans, the settlers? Mm-hmm. He would obviously mm-hmm. reenact that in some way. That kind of thing. Now, wow, fun game. Sign me up. Yeah, right. Hey, kids, what have you been doing today? Oh, we've been out in the woods, scalp on each other, you know. (laughs) Back home in time for tea. So he also (laughs) suffered um, tremendous, horrible abuse from his father. Common punishment in their household was to be taken out to the outhouse, stripped naked, and beaten with a belt until he bled. And he's young until here. He like, bled. yeah, like j- just beating the shit out of your child. Like, it's it's so fucked up. Like, and this is all while he was quite young. So before he was ten, he um, okay, he ripped the heads off his mother's songbirds. <gasps> I feel like you know, I mean, I- I'm assuming that's all one incident because once he's done it once, you're gonna watch him when he goes near the birds. Uh, but he also was yeah, caught- probably. Yeah, probably. He was also caught torturing the neighbor's cat with a knife. And this is before he was ten. So. So yeah, this I mean, is pretty standard serial killer behaviour. Yeah, that's McDonald triad kind of crap, which is what the link to Dharma was, because I know that Dharma used to shoot the neighbours. Oh pets. yeah, of course. Yeah. So he there's had an that auto- little bone shrine with all the animal bones. Yeah, he didn't quite go that far, but mm. he fully ripped heads off birds, which is fucking insane. It's so brutal for a fucking yeah. under ten year old. Now. Mm. You guys, there'll be a link in the show notes to the um, Murderpedia page where there's some weird PDFs attached. He's actually written an autobiography, this guy, but it's fucking boring. Like, the it's nothing about when he was younger and actually doing all this stuff. It's about his later years. He's The two bits that I skimmed through was one section called How I Learned Spanish, and the next one was The oh Reading... Oh, my God. Yeah, the next one, The Reading of Books, 
what the fuck? Like, no, I'm not going to read that. So wow. yeah, read it if you want, but I'm not going to do it. Now, um, here is a life goal for people to have. Make sure that when you write an autobiography, or if you were to, make sure it's not that boring. Do yeah. shit with your life. And, and in the hopes that if your life ever gets summarised, you don't have a section on how I learned Spanish. <laughs> or how I read books. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah. Also, he's got a lot of like interesting shit he can write about, but he just was like, nah, mate. Talk about how I read some books when I was... No, no one cares about the murders. No, no one, one cares, cares about the child abuse. Bollocks, mate. So <laughs> his, his first victim was four-year-old William Payne on Boxing Day. He is an interesting bit. It was in a place called... Where the fuck Just quickly, how old was he? How old was he when he murdered this four-year-old? It doesn't quite say. Um, it would have been... Okay, it's it's a couple of years before he turned 15. So I would say he's probably 12 okay. here. Um, four-year-old William Payne in an outhouse um, in Powderhorn Hill, which is the first place that he lived because he moves in a minute. They found this this little boy hanging from the ceiling by his wrists. He was semi-naked. Mm-hmm. He was suffering from hypothermia and blunt, um, blunt force trauma. In the following months, three more young boys came forward and said they were lured there by an older boy with brown hair who touched himself during the torture. <gasps> yeah, $500 was offered for his capture, but they done fucked up because they accidentally reported that he, w- he had red hair and he was a young adult. And obviously this is a teenage boy with, not teenage, like adolescent boy with brown hair. So they fucked up there and never caught him. Yeah. Two days before he killed the last victim in uh, Powderhorn Hill, he received his most severe beating from his dad. Like really bad. And so his mum chased away the dad with a knife and a few days later they moved to <laughs> South Boston where the attacks became more frequent and violent. Um, so we have one... Do you think that the murders correlated strongly with... Yes. The, ...how severe his beatings were, yeah? Because his dad beat him in an outhouse and he would lure the little boys to an outhouse. Um, I think that's probably And he would strip them naked there. just like yeah, his dad did. Exactly. Yeah, and, okay. And I think there was probably a lot of stuff going on here that he hasn't talked about, but are consistent with sexual abuse because it, it gets a bit much later on, which we're going to look into. So... Mm-hmm. I'm going to run through a couple of victims here because the way it was laid out, it wasn't very, the timeline wasn't great. I know these happened one after the other, but they're probably around when he was sort of 13. So Mm -hmm. this is in the new place he moved to, South Boston. We have George Pratt. He scratched him with his nails, stabbed him with a needle and bit chunks out of his cheek and buttocks. Um, Doesn't say whether he consumed them. It is, isn't it? Oh, good point. Nice. Mm. It doesn't say whether or not he consumed them, but he bit chunks out of him. So who knows? Next, it was um, Harry Austin. I couldn't find a lot of ages, but these are all young boys because he would lure them away from wherever they were. Mm. Um, Harry Austin was stabbed with a pocket knife and he tried to cut off his penis. That's where the Dharma thing comes in. Oh my God. Yeah. So wait, tried to? As in, was it just like dangling off when they found him? Or, yeah. Or, you know or they, what? I don't yeah, really know. Don't exactly. ask that question. Nope. That's all right, mate. Don't There's not me. a lot of detail on it, luckily. <laughs> then you got Joseph Kennedy... Um, this one's really fucked. He slashed his face and then forced his head into salt water. Like that's like some oh. twisted, like thought, thought, pre like meditated shit. Well, that's then, gonna have some sort of um, the you know the torture stuff that he was into. That's gonna you know literally rubbing salt into the wounds because you know. Yes. Oh, fun historical fact. Um, so you know the cat of nine tails, which is this this whip that uh, yeah they used to use back back in there and it would have nine um, yeah. yeah so pirates used to use it and then put salt water on the backs of of the people who they'd whipped so oh. that their wounds would hurt even more yeah well, so it would be like the punishment would be x amount of lashings and then salt water if you were like extra bad fuck that's so horrible mm. 
So carry on. No, you go. I'm just, I'm just, just thinking about it. Like, oh. um. So Robert Gould then basically Jesse tried to slash his throat and murder him, but Jesse had to run away because he heard people coming. Um. Now Gould survived. Obviously, I mean, all the boys survived so far. Gould survived, and he mm-hmm. described his attacker to police as a big boy with a milky eye, which is the the cataract thing we were talking about. And mm-hmm. they, the police here, good on him. They actually took Joseph Kennedy, who was the one who had his face slashed, um, took him on a tour of all the local schools with the police escort to find the boy because they were like, "Well, if he's a schoolboy, <gasps> and he's yeah, right, and he's around here, we'll just turn up and surprise him." Somehow, he, Jesse managed to evade them. I don't know if he bunked off or just saw them and ran away or whatever. But then later mm. on, Jesse enters the police station as the officers were coming back from their round. And then he left again. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know whether or not he was going to go confess or see if the police officers were like talking Maybe about he him. he just wanted to be near it because it was thrilling, especially if he gets yeah. a sexual thrill out of this. Probably, because he's only about Maybe 13 like... here. So... Mm. Yeah, he would have been, tw- yeah, 12 and a half, 13 here. Um, and basically, he left again, but Kennedy was at the police station and saw him and was like, um, that's him. And they chased him and caught him in a street nearby. Good. Good on him. So, Jesse, at around, th- yeah, good on him. Jesse, at about age 13, spent a night in the cells, which would be fucking terrifying for anyone at that age. And he was threatened with 100 years of prison if he didn't cooperate with the police. Um... Whoa. Obviously a scare tactic, obviously, but that's not that's Is that not cool. legal? Well, it's 1850s, so probably, but not cool either way. Yeah. He basically, so unsurprisingly, he admitted guilt in all these attacks and he was sentenced to live in the reform school till 18. So it's basically like juvenile hall, but it would be mm-hmm. a school at the same time. But his mum was convinced that he was framed and fought for him to get out. He also behaved oh. particularly well while he was in that school and was released after a year and a half. So interesting. Uh, it doesn't say much about why his mum thinks he was framed because I don't know why you would if your kids ripping heads off. Probably birds just mothers at that age. Yeah, it's got it's got to be that and like yeah. guilt. Yeah, I would be interested if there was anything extra on that. Like, oh, by the way, it was because of this. Because to be fair, he has just admitted to all these crimes because he was coerced. That's why I mentioned it yeah. because that would be interesting, but it's not mentioned anywhere. So, yes, mm. he soon after being released realised that. If his victims are dead, they can't talk to the police. So six weeks after he was released, he was working oh. in his mum's shop. Now, I've, I, read, I read in one article that his mum was a dressmaker, but it says this, basically a 10-year-old girl comes in and asks about notebooks, if they've got any. And Jesse says, yeah, of course, come in. We need to have a look downstairs, see if we've got any left. Do you want to come with me? And downstairs, he tortured her for up to an hour. He <gasps> slashed her throat and stabbed her genitals multiple times no. to, quote, to quote, see how she would react. Probably no. badly, mate, I would have thought. <laughs> Probably yeah. not going to enjoy know what I mean? it. Like, what did you think would happen? You've already done this to other people before. You've already stabbed dicks. Like, what do you think would happen? But I mean, I guess maybe it's the he first thought girl that he it's does a vagina. To. Yeah. Maybe it's different yeah. with a vagina. True. Yeah. It's just it's a gaping not. wound anyway. What's a stab going to do? Oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he killed her. Um because he slashed her throat and he right. hid the body under an ash pile behind the um, like outdoor toilet they had. So, hang on a sec. Yeah. Ash, as in like the stuff that blows away really easily. Yeah, I read that <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? a great hiding place. 
other because obviously this is, this is like the last case I covered. It's a long time ago, but it's super interesting. Which I've done it, but it means you have a lot of conflicting things. So someone else said that it was buried underneath yeah. the floorboards. Okay. So either way, he hid the body, and and well enough because nobody found it for a little bit at least. So mm. not only does he do that, but in the following month he tries to lure away many young boys, but they know about his reputation. And they're either like escorted away by their parents, like, fuck, no, you're not going with him. Come here. Or the kids are like, no, I know who you are. Yeah, smart. Good. Now, after the stabbed and mutilated body of Horace Millen was found in a marsh outside the city, he was arrested. Now, here's what he did to Millen. He slashed his throat nearly to the point of decapitation, Mm. which is fucking intense for like a 14-year-old. Yeah. Um... Because it's a year and a half on from the previous ones. Yeah, he's about 14, 15 here. Stabbed him six times in the chest and partially castrated the boy. So he picked up from where he left off with the... Who was the... Where was he earlier? It was pretty much his second victim. He tried to cut the penis off. So yeah, he's just carrying on from that. Yeah. He was picked up by the police pretty soon after with a bloodstained knife on him, mud from that particular marsh on his trousers and the footprints of his shoes matched those of the scene. So Wait, maybe, he he, got, got. maybe he is clever, maybe he's not. It's hard to tell because he's literally a child. Um, it's insane. So following all this backlash, no one's going to his mum's shop. She's not making any money. So she has to sell the shop. Mm. And that's when they find the body of the little girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Jesse stated that he, he admits to killing her. He says, yeah, I, I, killed, I killed the little girl. But I, I'm... I, he says later on that he only admitted to killing her because the investigators told him that his mum and his big brother were going to be on the hook as co-conspirators because it was found in their house and his mum tried to get him out of uh, like um, juvie the first time. Okay. So he went, yeah, I done it. So there's a lot of police iffiness going on. So I can imagine yeah. if I was his mum, I'd probably be sceptical about his guilt as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, because obviously it was so long ago, there's no fingerprint stuff, there's no DNA, there's n- there's nothing forensic you can get on it. And also, if he's um, not a very, if he's, you said at the beginning, his childhood, like he wasn't very sociable, he he didn't get on with other kids that well. If I was his mum, yeah. maybe I'd be thinking the other kids are just saying, let's say he did this, haha, he's going to get locked up, we hate him. Just some sort of kids not understanding the gravity of this sort of thing. Definitely. Maybe. I think if 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 uh, the Joseph guy who pointed him out at the police station mm. hadn't done that, I would definitely be dubious about this. But I think because he had, he was identified by a victim, yeah, and all the descriptions in both different cities fitted him, yeah, I I do have to well, think. That I'm, it I'm not saying that I don't think he's guilty. But I, no, I'm saying if I was his no, mum, but I'd agree. clutch at these straws. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. So afterwards, he willingly confessed to the murder of 27 other victims besides those two. So that would, in- that would um, that's, that's like murder. So it wasn't, the ones that we spoke about earlier were just torture um, mm-hmm. until he got out of prison. But he's murdered 27 people, right? Right. And when officers began to hang dig on, around the home on, where wait, he grew up. 27? Yeah. When did that happen? Right? I've, I found out on Murderpedia, had a look, and because they obviously weren't around to say anything, it was a long time ago. There's, there's, there was no, there was no backlash afterwards. It's quite similar to the Baylor kiss thing I did before because yeah. people would just disappear and you'd be like, well, shit, it could, it could be anything because there was Fuck. no, it was like the fucking Wild West to some extent. Anyway, yeah. So he confessed to the murder of twenty seven other victims. Blah blah. And when officers began to dig around the home where he grew up, the first place where his dad beat the shit out of him, mm-hmm. they found twelve bodies buried. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. 
So I don't think he was uh, in any way unintelligent or um, mentally handicapped. I think he was clever because to Sounds to bother like to bury the bodies and everything. Yeah, exactly. Now he was only on trial for Millen's murder, the little boy, because the lawyer basically told him to plead guilty in the hopes to acquit him for insanity because right. of the, how horrible the shit he did was. Right. But the jury went, nah, mate, not having that, and he was sentenced to hang in 1875. I mean, when he was kind of to be expected. Sentenced. Oh yeah, definitely because it's repeated, and he got put in prison, and then he came back out. And they're again. so like, horrific. It's not one well. single moment. It's not just yeah. like a strangler or something. It's actual torture, and he's getting off on it. And you know, it's. I mean, I'm shocked now, and this is the what 1870s. So you yeah. can only imagine how shocked they'd be. Exactly, and it's not like a random spur of the moment lapse of judgment because. A lot of it sounds like practice. It sounds like he was leading up to the murder of the little boy in the marsh because he attempted... And maybe practicing on the, on the animals as well. Yeah, because he attempted to slash the throats multiple times but didn't quite manage it. He attempted to, to castrate the victims but he never quite got there. It was all practice for him to actually finally do what he wanted one day and that's what he did with the little boy in the marsh, Millen. Yeah. Um, so in 1875, he would have been about 16 but I found other people saying that he's 14 but that doesn't make... That doesn't line up with the dates. I don't know how concrete the dates are on this if people are saying different things, but he was young. That's right. why this case caught me because he's the youngest person to ever be put on death row in the state of Massachusetts. So you've got a young so person was... and I've got a granny. That's quite nice. Yeah. I mean, cute, as nice as a murder podcast gets. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, he would have been anywhere from 14 to 16. Um, and the reason he was put he was sentenced to death is because it was the only penalty for that kind of crime at the time. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. They were like, well, that's just what we do. That's that. Now the execution was delayed for a year um, for whatever reason, doesn't really say much. And he was eventually sentenced to life in solitary because multiple governors, it says at least two, just refused to sign the execution warrant. They were like, I can't, he's young. I'm, he's like a child. I'm not going right. to sentence him to die. That's ridiculous. Right. So even though they ruled that, they didn't. I don't understand why that was allowed, but fine i mean for the next I, 40... I suppose you've got to get it signed off even now for it to happen and that's yeah. why so you remember in my case she asked for clemency from the governor i suppose mm -hmm. the, the high ups have to be like yeah that's cool when it's something as when it's a punishment like death you know so yeah that, that, make, makes, that sense. makes sense yeah hmm. okay so for the next well <laughs> For the next 41 years, he only interacted with prison guards and his mum, who would see him once every month until she died. Wow. In 19... Yeah, mad, isn't it? In 1917, he joined general population because he was just getting old and they were like, I'll be all right. In 1929... But, but obviously, he's in general population now. He never had any friends when he was younger. The whole he's weird go killing and torture stuff he did didn't help... Well, he didn't, he didn't do it again, but he just didn't get along with anyone. No one liked him. He would, he would have arguments with other prisoners because he didn't understand how to be sociable. He never yeah. had. Yeah, of course. In nine, he'd been in solitary for 41 years, so he just didn't get it. Mm. In 1929, he was moved to a prison for people who were ill or getting old, uh, like an end-of-life prison. Mm -hmm. And he died in 1932 at age 72. Wow. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. He died in 1932, did you say? Yeah. Velma Barfield was born in 1932. So one, Whoa. so a serial killer leaves the earth and another one is born. Oh my God, what if he was reincarnated and it was her? It's like a club, one in, one out. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're full at the moment. But they'll let the fucking serial killers in. Um, as an aside, <laughs> this is quite interesting. Moralists at the time, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but basically evangel uh, sorry, evangelists 
mm-hmm. um, use him as an example of declining moral standards of the time. They were basically trying to say that dime novels, just the crappy ones that you buy from the corner shops, uh, like the kind of thing that Pulp Fiction's named after. Yeah, yeah. They were full of like violent crimes and moral lifestyles. They were trying to say that was the cause. And he he turned around and made a statement saying that, nah, he never read a dime novel in his life and they all shut up. Also. So that's quite fun. At the beginning, you literally said that he was like fascinated with the Indian war and everything like that. He's literally learning this behavior from his predecessors. It's not. Yep. It's not fantasy. It's not fiction that he's learning from. It's from humans being it's real fucked life. Up. Like what? It's from Americans being assholes to the people that live in the Yeah. It's exactly. not like we declined hilarious recently. It's no no no. We were shit. We're still shit. We're learning how to be shit yeah. from our past of being shit. What? It's hilarious, isn't Stupid. it? Stupid. And also that that was really funny to me because it reminds me of all the protests that came out about violent movies where after the Columbine shooting, yeah. about violent video games, and after about, the like, recent metal like, music school shootings. Yeah. yeah. So it just goes to show that kind of argument has been going around for hundreds of years. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And who's that guy? But yeah. As an aside, who's that guy mm. who like has the white makeup? Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like him. I saw a documentary once where he was just there and he was like the chillest guy and he was like, dudes, I'm just making music. Like, I don't want anyone to die. What's going on? He's very clever. Yeah. Have, you, have you watched his statement after Columbine? Um, he was on some sort of talk show. It might have been Letterman. I can't remember, but it was a panel show. Right. And it was him with a bunch of um, psychologists and experts on crime, basically. Mm-hmm. And he defends him and his music so brilliantly. I'm going to have to... If I find a link, I'm going to send it to Lux and we'll put it in the show notes if yeah, you're interested. Do. It's really interesting. Because, yeah, I, um, I've, yeah I've he's, thought, he's very eloquent. It's, it's super interesting the way people try and justify their hatred of quote-unquote sinful things with, oh, look at these people who who listen to this sinful music or read these sinful books and then do the sins. It's like, bitch, no. Yeah, literally. That's not it's, uh, a thing. Yeah. But... Ha- there are studies that show people who play violent video games do have violent tendencies or they're at least acting in a more violent way because mm-hmm. I remember doing that for my A-levels. But, I, I mean, it's not it's not on be or end all, as we all know. Uh, what, playing Call of Duty doesn't mean you're going to go out and do what Jesse did. Um, yeah, exactly. Different topic. A couple of weeks ago, we did a episode on um, the Helen Bailey murder where the guy murdered the children's author and... Mm put Boris the sausage dog with her really sad stuff mm-hmm. update on that at the oh, time lovely. Luck said oh do you think he killed his last wife <gasps> did he's you actually did you now he yes he's actually now being investigated for that as far Amazing. as I as far as I found out I'm gonna find an article and link it but yes people are starting to question that and I think he also is gonna be I mean he's already in prison for at least 34 years but he's yeah so you were right good job Thank you. Oh, that's really good then yeah. that, that that he didn't get he's not gotten away with two of them, you know. Yes, because I think from what I can tell it was quite similar circumstances or something like that right. from what I read. It was I just mentioned it now because it came back to mind, but I read it a while ago. But yeah, Very we'll nice. put a link Thanks in the, the update, mate. Yeah, little update for you. Speaking of updates, mm. Should we do the what we're killing this week? By the way, great case. Thoroughly enjoyed. Good job. Thanks, Facts mate. I enjoyed around. that. Um Thank you, thank you. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. Good. Um, good. Good job. Um, yeah, what are you Thanks killing me. this week, Meg? I am killing it. Uh oh, I haven't woken up late once this week, and I am the worst person in the mornings. Mate, no, come on, you know what yeah. you're killing this week. No, 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 no. Oh, 
Oh, doing <laughs> oh, oh that being, thing. Oh, that thing that I'm I've signed up to do for years. Yeah, no, I started I started my teaching this week in actual yeah. schools with real life children. And yeah. I haven't been asked to leave yet. So I'm winning. So you're killing it. You're killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I'm so proud of you. Ugh. Thanks, it makes mate. me like oh, well exciting. up when I think about it properly. So I'm just going to not. I think oh. I think when we got drunk, did I cry a bit? When I, I was think we yours? both cried a bit. Yeah. I, I don't remember did. what for. No, because I was talking to you about yeah. how you're going to mold young minds and stuff. And I think that made us both yeah. cry. Yeah. That made me cry a lot. <laughs> Very okay. intense. Um, <laughs> what are you killing this week? I am killing the cuteness. Let me explain. <gasps> Go on. Do tell. We got a brand new baby bunny. Oh my God. So we currently have a female lop rabbit who's an adult and she's called Daphne and she is a wild child. And she's adorable though. She is. Um, but she went <laughs> she went on a on a wander around the various fields near our house and she took her husband Fred with her. Now she's a smart cookie, oh no. so she she returned and uh yeah, Fred didn't. So maybe she's some sort of Velma Barfield. <gasps> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But we got her a new one. Um, yeah, we've. He's called Alfie. He's a tiny little dwarf rabbit, and he's black. But if you like move his fur, you can see there's white underneath. So it's like an ombre effect. It's very cute. Oh, that's and adorable. He's the size of like a hand. He he's so cute. I can't even. I can't deal with it. Oh my god. I have to come You'll see have him. to, yeah. Um, I will. There's already been a picture of him in our pods and pets thing on the Instagram. I don't know if you've seen that, Meg. Have you? I haven't actually looked. So I'm looking now. When I did dog walking, I did pods and pods. I did uh, a dog walking playlist. So if I listened to a podcast whilst I was walking dogs, I'd take a picture of the dog and a screenshot of the podcast I was listening to and put that up. I've, I've changed, just seen that. It's adorable. Yeah, I've changed it to pets and pods now. So feel free to add the guinea pigs on there if you want to. Um, but yeah, so Alfie is the last one on that series currently, but there'll probably be more by the time this episode comes out. So yeah, I'm killing it at cuteness this week because Good job. he is so cute. <laughs> nice. He looks really cute. I'm going to have to come say hi. He's, he, he and Daphne are not best of friends at the moment, though. We introduced them yesterday really? and he humped her face. I mean, that's that's one way of introducing yourself, <laughs> isn't it? Dick first. <laughs> Fuck's yeah. No messing about me. It's straight to the point. <laughs> Maybe he realised she was neutered and was like, right, go straight for the oral then. <laughs> oh my God, gross. <gasps> Jesus. Good. Good. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> is there anything else we need to do? That Oh, oh yeah. Can I just say thank you very much to all the lovely Instagram comments we've had this week. We've had some, some really, really nice comments. Yeah. And it's just been really nice. So thank you for being nice. Yeah. Also, there was one comment that said they were proud of me for continuing this, and that almost made me cry. Yeah, I that, that was really cute. Yeah. So thanks, everyone. Um, yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Killing It Crimecast. You can find us on Twitter at Killing It Crime. You can email us at killingitcrimecast at gmail.com. And Meg, what am I forgetting? Go look at our Patreon. Shit, yeah. And also merch. The merch store yeah. went up yesterday, but this will be like in two weeks or something when this episode comes out yeah. but yeah so it's still it's still it's there still there it still exists <laughs> it exists and thank you to <gasps> forensics Jinx. and flowers for such a lovely design it looks gorgeous yeah and i can't wait to get my mug no your mug and my tote bag because they're gonna look cute as heck i'm so excited yeah well pleasure as always and to you goodbye uh, <laughs> goodbye good <sir. laughs> yeah bye guys bye <laughs>